Hello and welcome back to Literally Heinous. Um, it's been so long since I've done like a solo episode and it just feels really good to be back because I've had a stacked lineup of guests. My mom and Michael were super awesome. So if you haven't listened to the episode I did with my mom about her psychedelic retreat taking toad venom and shrooms, I totally recommend that. Um, also my episode with my stepdad who's a gastroenterologist we talked all about Ozempic and Wegovy the two weight loss drugs that it seems like everyone in Hollywood is taking so it's been definitely a crazy summer uh, because I had to move which sucks and I absolutely hate the fact that I'm one of those people that moves every year it's not something I aspire to do it's not something I want to do I'm like honestly quite ashamed of it but It wasn't in my original plan, but that's what happened. So basically, this past year has been year two of me living in Detroit, year two of living with Zoe, my best friend. So last summer in July, we moved into a house in an area called Woodbridge, which is a historic neighborhood in Detroit. It is seriously one of the most, it's the probably besides my college house that I lived in my junior and senior year of college. It is definitely my favorite house I've ever lived in. It's a really old house. We lived on the top floor of a duplex and we had this gorgeous balcony with gorgeous columns. The house was really old, had original wood, like a green fireplace, and it was just a really nice homey space. I loved my room. It was super quiet. It was super dark. Just everything about the house we adored. Um, So we planned on staying there until November. So we were going to live in the house for a year and a half. And we loved our landlord. So our landlords, their names were Jake and Aria. And there were a couple in their late 30s, mid 30s, maybe. They weren't married. And when we toured the house last July, we met with them. And it's they weren't like serial landlords. Like they had lived in the house. They owned it and they were renting it out. And they were just the nicest couple ever. And anything that we needed throughout the year that we lived there, they were there that day to fix it. Like, for example... Um, We wanted a lock because there was a shared basement between the downstairs level and the upstairs level. And there were stairs that went up into our apartment that didn't have a lock. So like our downstairs neighbors could enter our apartment at any time. Not that we were ever worried that they would because our downstairs neighbors were two sisters that were our age, like really, really, really nice girls. But we just thought it was like, or it was mostly me. I'm a freak about safety. Um, I always have been. I'm not even a true crime person. I don't even like listening or watching crime stuff because I'm constantly on edge. But I just had this fear, like, what if the downstairs neighbors left, like, the basement door that went outside unlocked? And I don't know. So when we're moving in, we asked the landlords if they could install a lock. And they were over within an hour, like, installing a deadbolt. So basically anything we needed, they were there that day. And they were so nice. Like, when we moved in, they got us a bottle of rosé. Over Christmas, they gave us, like, a box of chocolates and wrote us a handwritten card thanking us for being such good tenants. The best landlords I've ever had. And my dad has been my landlord before. So... We ask to re-sign our lease for six more months and they say yes, which we're super excited about. And then right before they, she, our landlords had even sent us the lease renewal, the six month lease renewal. And we procrastinated it because Zoe and I procrastinate literally everything. So we hadn't signed it yet. And then we found out that Jake, the man in the relationship passed away. So we're like freaking out. We don't know what happened. Like it was devastating. Like I was really shaken up for two days. We still don't know what happened. Um, but 
Aria, the woman in the relationship, she texted us in June and basically just said, like, I'm so sorry. You can't re-sign the lease. I can't do the house without him. I'm selling it. You guys need to be out at the end of July. And obviously we understood. And it was really, like, I was, I just felt so bad for her because he would do the, like, maintenance kind of stuff and she would do, like, any of the leasing things. So we understood. But then I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to move motherfucking again so out of college I moved from Columbus to Atlanta for that summer next summer I moved Atlanta to Detroit the next summer I moved from my first house in Detroit to this house in Detroit and now we're at my fourth July move and moving in July sucks and it's so it feels so college to me to like be moving out in the summer like I just want to be an adult like for once in my life so I had already like kind of planned on I knew this was my last year living with Zoe, I knew that Jack and I were going to move in together because we've been together for five years. And I was just very comfortable with this like November deadline. I was like, it's a good time to move a year and a half in this house. Like come like November, like I'll be 26. Having been with my boyfriend for like over five years, Jack will be 27. Like this just feels like normal. So, so Zoe and I spent the last week in like move out mode. So like the last week of July and moving out not is not just like the physical action of moving out it is like completely a mental takeover so for the last two months my mind has just been in like move out mode because also like Jack and I want to get new furniture and we just want to like kind of rebuild our lives together and like some of my stuff is girly and like his stuff is too masculine I I don't like it so we both we knew that we wanted to build stuff together so I had to like sell everything that I had so for the last two months I've just been looking at everything in my apartment like oh my god what am I going to do with this what am I going to do that no idea so we move out um it was probably the easiest move out experience that I've had because there was no like u-haul involved like really no boxes it was a lot of Facebook marketplace which is infuriating donating which I don't really like donating clothes because I know that like the odds are they end up in landfills and I don't like throwing away clothes and selling clothes is like hard and a lot of work. So I really try like to be as mindful as possible about like making sure that everything gets to a good home or to get to someone that really needs it. Um, and then just kind of moving stuff over to Jack's and Jack's studio apartment that we will be sharing for the next two months. Since finding out that we had to move out and that I knew I would be moving in with Jack much sooner, I've definitely been very, like, present with being at my house with Zoe and just, like, trying to spend more time there. I truly just love the experience of, like, living with a girlfriend. Like, there's really nothing like it and just really appreciating the fact that I live with someone that I can tell literally anything to and I definitely I hope that people feel this way about me too but like the worst darkest most like horrible like thought or like opinion that I have like I know that I can share it with Zoe and it will be met with like non-judgment which is just such a nice like safe space to be in and we just laugh so much and like spending time on the couch just like watching like we would airplay my TikTok onto the TV so we would like watch TikTok together (laughs) like cast it on the TV and we would go on these rabbit holes like stalking people and like finding out all this crazy stuff about like random influencers that live like across the country just to like fuck around and have fun and I just I'm no I'm never gonna get that experience again 
So it was really hard, like just feeling nostalgic for the last few months of living there when like I was just trying to be present. So I moved in with Jack like officially um, this past weekend. So like July like 31st or like August 1st, I guess was our first official day, even though I've pretty much been there for like the whole week I was moving out because like as I was moving out, like I was putting stuff into Jack and Jack's place. And then it just eventually got to a point where like this most of the stuff that I needed was already at his place. But being like the first night, like after Zoe and I fully cleaned out our apartment, Aria did a walkthrough, gave us our security deposit back. Like once it was done, 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 signed, sealed and delivered, I was trying to like go to sleep at Jack's. We're getting ready for bed and I just could not stop crying. And I felt terrible because it was supposed to be exciting and like this new journey. But I just feel this immense loss for like my girlhood And just being like a 20-something that lives with friends and just everything that comes with that. And then on top of that, like having seen the Barbie movie two weeks ago, oh my god. Okay, Barbie changed my life. The way that I wanted to feel about the Taylor Swift concert was how I felt about Barbie. And just seeing Barbie and like how it kind of just centers around the idea. I mean, there's so many messages and themes in Barbies, but one of my biggest takeaway was like growing up and... I don't know, like the relationship between the mom and the daughter and just feeling kind of like like I'm at the in-between. I'm at the in-between stage. Like I'm no longer like a kid. I'm no longer just like a daughter. Like I'm now like an adult with autonomy. And I guess I have been for a few years. But seeing Barbie and just like feeling nostalgic for like my childhood and knowing that it's something that I'm never going to get back. And now I'm at this phase in my life where like I'm never going to turn back. Like, I mean, God willing. Um, I mean, I'm happy and like I want to live with Jack but knowing that living with girlfriends and just being like single like completely single unmarried like yes in a relationship but still like single as in like not married like not living with anyone like I'm never going to get that back which is a good thing and I don't want to get it back because I love my relationship and I'm so excited to see where it goes but something just felt so odd about like having my stuff at Jack's like my pillows and like my silk bonnet that I sleep in on nights when I wash my hair to keep my curls intact and like journaling in Jack's bed and I'm like this is weird like I should be in my bed like I love sleeping by myself I love being able to sprawl out I love like I have all these like weird little nighttime routines and just like little things that I do and now I have to like emulate them in someone else's space so I'm also thinking that like giving myself a little bit of grace and knowing that I am still excited to live with him but I think if we were able to move into our own place together and I was able to decorate how I want and put things where I want them to like meet my lifestyle instead of having to adjust my lifestyle to someone else's space, I think it would have been a little bit easier. And also, of course, I'm just sad to move out um, of Zoe with Zoe. So, but going back to the Barbie movie, um, I seriously did not expect to love it so much. I definitely purposefully avoided trailers and like I didn't really want to hear what people were saying because I'm very susceptible to other people's opinions and I will like if someone tells me what they think of a movie or a book or something especially if it's like negative thoughts like I will keep that in the back of my head so I did not know anything about Barbie going into it and I think they kind of did that on purpose too like no one really knew the plot I did not expect to love it so much. I teared up like three or four times. I thought that it was fantastic. Um, I know that a lot of people kind of gripe with the America Ferrera monologue. 
And it definitely was cheesy and cringe, but I still really liked it because everything that she said was true. Like, and it really hit home for me. I mean, there was nothing that she said that like really opened my eyes because it was kind of just like intro level, like women's gender and sexuality studies. And I've like kind of surround myself with that discourse anyways. But I think it was nice to see in a film that's so like wide casting because there's going to be a lot of people watching that movie that haven't really thought about that kind of stuff before or like haven't had a way to verbalize it. And I think it's a good way to like reach the masses. And then I just thought it was so funny. I really loved everything about it. My one major gripe with it was the comment about cellulite. And I don't think anyone's talking about it. Like not to be that person that's like, why isn't anyone talking about this? And obviously I would never like, I mean, I guess I am talking about it now, but I wouldn't like actually say anything. Like I wouldn't tweet about it. I'm not gonna like write an article about it. But I am so incredibly insecure. Like my biggest, biggest, biggest insecurity is my cellulite on like my upper thighs and my butt. Like sometimes it's debilitating. Like I can't even function. Like it's all I can look at. And my insecurity has been at an all time high lately. Like my body image, like I, if I'm know that bikini pictures will be taken at a function, I literally cannot think about anything else. So Jack and I are planning to go to Chicago to visit all 900,000 of our friends that live there in September, like early September. And my friend texts me like, oh, I think we're going to get a boat. My first thought was, oh, God, because it's like a picture taking friend group. Like our friends that live in Chicago are the kinds of people that take 800,000 pictures and all the girls are so incredibly thin and so gorgeous. And I was like, oh, my God, if there's a full frontal like bikini picture and I have to stand next to like everyone that's like so skinny, I'm going to lose my mind. It was all I could think about. And I keep trying to tell myself like, why I should be excited like I should be grateful like I should be looking forward to this event but all I could think about is how bad my cellulite is gonna look on this boat and when I'm in like a bathing suit situation like at a pool or lake or beach or whatever I am looking at every single person to see if they have cellulite it's so bad and then I look at people like oh they're skinnier than me and they have cellulite and then I like feel so much better and then I see other people like oh they have my body type and they don't have cellulite like why do I have cellulite And I have like a TikTok folder of like cellulite tips and tricks, (laughs) but I just can't, I also like don't want to buy anything for it because I kind of go through this cycle of like, I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, this is disgusting. I look terrible. Like I need to go do something. And I go on a TikTok rabbit hole and I go on Reddit and I'm like, what does everyone do to get rid of cellulite? And the majority of the answers are kind of like, I mean, you can try to do dry brushing or you can like try to like do some squats or whatever but like at the end of the day it really is just the way that your skin cells are situated like under your skin and there's not a whole lot you can do about that and then sometimes that makes me feel better um and I have no like resolution to this because it's still something that I'm struggling with and when they brought that up in the Barbie movie as like the one thing that is like bad about women's bodies and not Barbie's bodies I was like motherfucker like seriously like they had to pick the one thing that like I'm deeply insecure about like why can't they have picked acne or something like I don't struggle with but it's okay that really stung like a lot but I don't like it didn't make me like Barbie any less but it definitely like made me think I was like oh wow I guess like the one thing that I'm insecure about 
is like the one thing that was like picked into this movie. And also that's not true. I am insecure about more things, but cellulite is definitely my biggest one. But other than that, I still loved the Barbie movie and I'm still working through trying to feel more confident about my body. And this is not a hot, like a revolutionary take, but I do think that like the reason I'm feeling so bad about my body right now is because I haven't been working out. Like I haven't been going to the gym just because I've been like in moving mode. I swear when I'm in moving mode, like I cannot do anything in the entire world. So I haven't like consistently gone to the gym probably since like May. And there is a correlation, at least for me, between like when I'm working out consistently going to the gym, like I feel good, not only like healthy and like I feel strong, but I also like I just carry more confidence And I know that this isn't like a groundbreaking opinion, but I'm trying to tell myself like, okay, like if I could get back in the gym, like I'm going to feel better. But my gym membership just expired. So I am actively looking at like new ways to stay active, but I'm just giving myself a little bit of grace right now, like with the chaos of summer and traveling and then moving, like I'm finally at a place where I can just kind of sit and breathe. I'm done moving all my donation stuff is taken, like all the stuff that I had to ship, like all my Facebook marketplace stuff is gone. Like I'm just gonna like breathe for a minute and then I will get back on my gym journey. And I am not a gym girl, by the way. I never have been. I've never been one of those people that like craves a workout. I've never once in a million years worked out on a vacation. I don't even bring like sneakers when I go on vacation. I'm bad at the gym. Like, I'm actively not very good at it. I, like, will, if I'm being good, I can kind of, like, get into a routine where I feel really confident, but the second I fall out of it, it's so hard for me to get back to the gym, and I'm like, okay, well, what exercises am I going to do first? Like, what do I focus on? Um, So that's why I think I might pivot back towards, like, taking workout classes or maybe hot yoga, Um, just because, like, a full gym just feels so overwhelming to me, and I don't know if I'm doing anything right, and it scares me. But the one kind of remedy temporary band-aid I did give for my cellulite is the new self-tanner. I am a firm believer in if you can't tone it, tan it. I love a good spray tan, but they are like kind of expensive for like just a couple days. So I got a new self-tanner that my friend from work recommended. It's called Coco and Eve. But I decided to get a little bit of a nicer one and it has this cellu-shape technology. That's what it says in the description that reduces the appearance of cellulite. That's what it's designed to do. So I'm super excited about it. And this whole self-tanner journey came from this upcoming trip that we had to Austin. So I just got back from a weekend in Austin where I went with Jack's friends. And I was very excited for the weekend, albeit apprehensive, because there was a boat. And the second I heard there was going to be a boat, I was like, okay, like, don't spiral, don't freak out. So that's why I decided to invest in the self-tanner. And I have nothing but great things to say about Coco and Eve. There's definitely a few things that I'll do differently next time. It is always just like nerve-wracking applying self-tanner because you just think about like Snooki and like people that turn orange. But it actually worked out really well. And the boat was super fun. It was like a big double-decker boat. There were so many people. And when I'm in environments like that where like I just know I want a good picture and I – 
you gotta okay this is my trick for when you like need a good picture is you gotta find a buddy early on so find some other girl or gay or just someone that you can talk to and just be like hey like will you take some pictures of me tomorrow and then you offer to take some pictures of them too and usually they really appreciate it so just finding someone that like also is into taking pictures and that doesn't mind and someone that won't be judgmental or like annoyed or take bad angles or bad lighting so you gotta find like a girl's girl so luckily there were there was a surplus of girls girls on the boat so this the first thing i do whenever i'm in like a photo taking environment especially if it's bathing suits i the first thing i do is take pictures like i don't even like drinking alcohol before i take pictures because the second i get like a sip of alcohol i'm scared i'm gonna blow and look even worse but also it is kind of nice to have like one drink in your system so it's just a little more liquid courage but the first thing i do get the pictures get them out of the way find the best lighting and sometimes you have to be the pioneer a lot of people don't want to admit that they want pictures but like they'll be thanking you later so i did find my buddies and i was so happy with my pictures and the way that they turned out I always have to like hype myself up before I look at pictures of myself and I literally will tell myself like okay it doesn't matter what they look like I know that I'm beautiful like this won't ruin it um but I did enjoy how they turned out and I did get a few pics and I posted them so if you haven't commented already please comment so for these bathing suits so Zoe found these like high like one piece like really really high cut in the thighs but like low back just these cool kind of vintage looking one pieces and she got me two pair and they look really good but like the top straps were just like kind of long and when I would sit like the straps would just be kind of loose and then like my side boob would be like spilling out all over the place and it was just kind of a lot and I was like you know what? I'm gonna get them tailored getting something tailored is like a very adult thing to do and I'm really trying to subscribe to it more. Like if you like something and it doesn't fit quite right, like fix it. Like clothes just look so much better when they fucking fit you. And I am the kind of person that like I always get like a size small, even when I'm not a size small, like because the second I have to like size up, like I will completely spiral. Like numbers mean everything to me. Like if I try on if I'm at the store and I'm trying on jeans, which is, first of all, the worst thing in the entire world. I have had, like, full-on meltdowns after, like, going jean shopping. And I'm trying on, like, a 27, which is the size that I usually am. Um, and it's, like, a little bit tight. And then I try on the 28. Even if the 28 fits, I will still get a 27 because I'm deranged. I'm really just trying to, like, get out of that mindset because nobody knows the size that you're wearing no one is like oh is that a 28 or a 27 like no one's like oh is that a medium or smaller or is that a large like nobody knows so like why does it matter like when I do that with bathing suits and so I have the biggest inside joke about this because for bikinis and like bathing suits I always get a small and she's like Lily why are you doing that like it does not fit and I always end up wasting my money because I'll buy like some bathing suit on sale or like you know, a lot of times when you buy bathing suits and you have to buy them as a pair, and I'm usually like a small in the bottom, but like a medium, if not large in the top, but like, I just, I never know what to get. So I always just end up getting smalls. And I think I've done that probably four times this year alone as I just keep buying small bathing suits because I just, I don't want to like size up or I don't think I need to size up because I have a completely like morphed sense of what I look like. But now I am trying to turn over a new leaf and I am getting clothes that fit me because it looks fucking better when clothes fit you. Like if you wear something that fits your body and it hangs the way that's supposed to and it hugs the way that it's supposed to and it's tailored to you, 
that looks better than like just looking small or like squeezing into something tiny. Like that don't look good, girl. And I'm literally talking to myself about this, by the way. So anyways, I have these two one-piece bathing suits and I go to the tailor. I find this um, man um, through Google Images or not images, but Google Maps. So I like go in and I'm like, hi, like I'd like to get two bathing suits. And he like tells me to go into the dressing room and I'm like, okay. So I put on my bathing suit and this bathing suit is definitely like super cheeky because it's really high cut in the back and then it's very low cut in the back but also like low cut in the side too. So there's a lot of side boob going on. I try on this bathing suit and I'm like, God, this is like a little uh, showy for just um, a tailor. And I was like, you know what, whatever. Like he's a professional tailor. Like he sees bodies all the time. So I open the curtain and I like waltz out of the dressing room, stand right up onto the podium and I start being like, okay, so I think you can just take in a little bit here. And he's like, oh my God, oh my God, like, please get back in the dressing room. Like, I think he didn't realize how like revealing that the bathing suit would be. And I'm like so embarrassed. And he's like, there's a window right there. Like, I don't want people to like see you. And I'm like, okay, like, so I'm ugly. And he is like, how old are you? And I was like, I'm 25. And he's like, okay, I thought you were under underage. I'm like, okay, first of all, like flex, I guess I look like I'm young, like love that. And it was just like super awkward. And I'm like, basically like just, I'm in this whole bathing suit with this man and he's like poking me and with the needles and everything. And then he like pins it up and I'm like, okay, I just have the same bathing suit in another color. And so we like, I close the curtain and I get changed into other bathing suit. I open the curtain and I see him lifting weights like dumbbells. I don't know where he got these dumbbells from. And he like sees me open the curtain and we both just like stare at each other. And then he like drops the dumbbells and he's like, oh, uh, sorry, you weren't supposed to see that. And I was like, um, okay. And I just kind of like didn't say anything, obviously, but I'm so confused. Like in the four and a half seconds that I took off the one bathing suit to put on the next bathing suit like were you getting a rep in like could you not do it like after I leave like I was so perplexed why this man was doing that but whatever his reasoning was he was a great tailor like honestly the bathing suits fit so well it like it was such a hit on the boat too I even had someone say to me like that bathing suit fits you perfectly and I was like thank you I got it tailored So two more kind of weird instances have happened in the last like two days. So I'm a huge believer in karma. Like karma takes over a lot of my decisions. Like I do a lot of things and like don't do a lot of things for karma. Like I, okay, I know this, I don't deserve an award for this, but like I don't steal because I literally like, Sometimes I'll be checking out at the grocery and I'll be like, oh God, do I really have to pay for this onion? And then I'll like start thinking about karma and then I just always pay for it. Um, and like, for example, at I was at Target like two or three years ago and I got like a little backpack for biking and I was wearing the backpack around Target because I didn't like have enough room to hold it. And I like checked out, fully completely forgot that I was wearing the backpack, get to my car and I'm like, oh my God, like I just walked out of there with this backpack and I'm like, okay, well, they didn't stop me then. And I'm already in my car and there was a TikTok that went viral a few years ago about how Target basically will let people, individuals steal up to $400. I don't know like how they do that. I don't know the legitimacy behind it, but that was in my head too. It's like, okay, it's this one little $20 backpack. But no, my lame ass goes back into Target and pays for it because I'm too afraid of bad karma. So the other day I'm at the gas station 
and a homeless man comes up to me and asks me for cash and I'm always like kind of on edge when I'm at gas stations anyways just because I really don't like filling up and that just kind of makes me nervous but I did have cash that was nearby and I was like okay maybe I'll get some good karma for this so I get my wallet I pull out like two dollars I give it back to him and I'm like okay cool so like that's gonna set me up for a good rest of the day I stop pumping gas I like get into my car and then I go to sanitize my hands not related to the homeless man I always sanitize my hands after I pump gas and I like squeeze the hand sanitizer bottle the hand sanitizer bottle plastic bust open a huge glob of hand sanitizer goes right into my eye I'm blinded searing white hot pain like I can't even like feel tears like I can't feel anything I like get out of my car I'm like oh my god like I'm flailing all around I'm like yelling like I can't see the homeless man he comes out to me he's like ma'am ma'am are you okay and then I can like finally regain my sight because I was like kind of walking in the gas station to flush my eyes at the bathroom there but then I was like kind of able to regain my sight and I was like you know what? I'm just gonna drive home and I tell the homeless man I'm like oh my god yeah like I just got hand sanitizer in my eyes like whatever I'm fine go home flush my eyes and I'm like okay wow so that was like a horrible thing that just happened to me right after I did something good and I was like maybe like I need to stop doing good things out of getting good karma like it's not altruistic and I know that there's this whole like philosophical debate about like are good deeds ever really good deeds or do they just come from like a selfish desire of like wanting to feel good like with charity but also like it's not like the homeless man is like asking me for cash and then he's like oh well she just wanted good karma so I was like whatever then yesterday I am in the car running 8,000 errands and I had lunch like leftover lunch because I went out to lunch and then I had like half of a chicken shawarma sandwich and a to-go box in my car but I knew that I was going to be out and about all day so it was like 4 p.m. and I had three errands to run I had to go to post office I had to go to the tailor to pick up my bathing suit and go to the dispensary for my mom and then I went to a premier flex um so I knew that I wouldn't be able to even like refrigerate my shawarma until like 10 or 10.30 when I got home and like it's hot outside. So it was kind of like the whole time I was in my car, I was like, oh, should I just throw this away? Should I keep it? I'm also a freak about like meat and like if it's not temperatured, whatever. So I'm in the car where I'm at like a big intersection and I'm in the middle lane. There's like four lanes, but I'm in like the second lane from the right. I'm at a red light. And there's a homeless man. I see him on the corner of the street with this sign that says food. And I'm like, oh, perfect. Like, I'll give him my leftover food. That'll be so nice. So I roll down my window um, and I'm not close to him at all. Like, there's a whole other lane in between us. I roll down my window and I'm like, hey, like, I've got I've got food here if you want it. And we're at a red light, by the way. And he's like, oh, I got a bad leg. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. And I was like, I'm not just going to, like, drive away. So I was like, I guess I'll just, like, give him the food. So I put my car in park, get out of my car. I, like, walk over to him, like, passing another car. And I, like, I was like, hey, here's, like, half a chicken shawarma sandwich. Like, it's so good. And he was like, oh, you're so pretty. Are you a model? And I'm like, thank you. And he's like, you're so pretty. Come back, come back. And he starts being like, like that. But it was just so, like, concerning. And it just made me feel so gross. And he just starts, like, cat calling me and like telling me to like come back and like I like get back into my car and he's like still yelling at me through the window like waving for me to come back to him and then like 
I roll up my window and this light is still fucking red. So now I just like, I kind of am looking straight, like trying not to make eye contact with him while he's like kind of yelling at all these things at me. It was super uncomfortable. And I think that women, like everyone knows what it's like to be catcalled. Like as a woman, it just feels like so degrading. It just makes me feel like an animal or like a piece of meat. And hearing like just his voice and like the kissing sounds that he was making just kind of like echoing in my head and I still and then I was like okay like I thought like the karma thing flashed into my eyes into my mind too like before I gave him food I was like oh I'm gonna get good karma for this and then I end up kind of like getting degraded it is interesting though that these two incidents happened where I give something to a homeless man and then something kind of bad happens to me literally the exact moment afterwards and both of those moments at the time I was like oh yeah like I'm such a good person so I think that like I would love for some philosophy person to weigh in like does it take away from a good deed when you do it not out of the goodness of your heart but it was out of the goodness of my heart like I genuinely did have cash and I was pumping gas I wasn't doing anything and then I did have the food in my car that was going to go to waste so I did I was able to do it but then two really bad things just happened to me afterwards so I don't know maybe karma's not real or maybe that's just life teaching me a lesson of to just do something out of the goodness of my heart anyways this has just been kind of like a random hodgepodge of stories and things that have been on my mind lately I'm very much hoping for more serenity now that I'm like moved out of my house like it's definitely like an in-between chapters for me like it's nice that in a way that it's kind of it's nice that I'm moving into Jack's place because I think if I had to go from like one place like living with my best friend in this house that we've curated and all these amazing things to like completely like moving into a new space with like a man and like building up new things together like it is just a lot of change and I'm a big believer in like your physical space just like it means so much to like how I perform and like what I do and like where I'm at in life with like what I'm surrounding myself with. So I think that it is nice that I do kind of have this little buffer, but I'm definitely really excited to build a space with Jack and get new furniture and just kind of like start from scratch. Um, And it just, I'm wondering like if anybody else felt like this with moving in with their boyfriends, like it really helped me when I was like completely spiraling like three nights ago to think about I was listing in my head all of my friends that live with their boyfriends and people that moved in after dating way shorter than we did or after like moving in much younger and I've never heard anyone like say that they didn't want to or that they were nervous about it so if you are nervous about it or like if you were nervous about it like please tell me because I feel like I'm the only one that like wasn't completely like bouncing off the walls excited and I'm just hoping that this is normal. There was a point where I was like, oh my God, am I going to be a spinster? Like, am I like, what if I live alone forever? But also I'm such a scaredy cat. Like I can't live alone. Like, I don't know. Maybe we'll just start a commune with like a bunch of other of our couple friends. I think that would be perfect. Thank you so much for listening to my rambling and thank you always for supporting me. I'm super excited about what's in store for Literally Heinous as we come up on one year of Lit Hain in November. But we're definitely at the one year of its like ideation, of its birth. So I'm super excited and just thank you for listening. Bye.